Welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm coming all the way to you from Dubai. I am Liam. Uh, so for those that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners out there, each week we take a topic that we know next to nothing about, and we give ourselves a week to read and research all about it. Uh, the idea being that we just share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with our listeners. That is exactly what we do. And just so people are aware, we are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you all, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Exactly. Now, this week, this is the first episode of our new series, so we thought we'd better start on something a bit serious, okay? Now, we know our listeners like the funny episodes where we talk about random things. This is a very serious episode. And this week, we've learned all about bananas <laughs> all right ollie let's crack on with series six now just before we start let's just point this out we are now 3428.6 miles apart oh man let's hope this works as easy as all the other ones right yes yeah exactly it's so good to be back it's we've had a little a little break a little time off just making sure that we can do this because for the listeners out there who know liam has now moved to Dubai. Just been figuring out how we fit all of this in. Yeah, we've got a bit of a time difference going on, don't we now? And uh, But we did an episode about Dubai and I decided to move here. So here I am. But and you enjoying hopefully it? You hopefully, um, yeah, absolutely. It's blimmin' not though. I, we probably said as much in our episode, but it is <laughs> very warm. Like, when I arrived, the first thing, somebody said to me, uh, welcome to the sand pit. So I think that's pretty apt. Nice. Yeah, pretty cool. And... As we always do with all of our episodes, we always start by sharing just what it is that we knew about the topic that we are going to talk about. And we were thinking, Series 6, let's do something, as you were saying, something a little bit sensible. Actually, we've done something hopefully people will go bananas for when they actually hear what this is. Going into bananas, Liam, what do you know about this? Same as anything. Like, I know what a banana is. I eat them. And... That is about like the things we're going to talk about because we've obviously already discussed some of it. I didn't know any of it. None of it is based on any previous knowledge I had about anything. I just knew they were yellow and bendy and tasty and in every shop everywhere. That's about it. This is going to go down as another one of our episodes where the topic sounds pretty boring. It is flipping interesting when you get into it, isn't it? I think there are two or three things that are going to come out of this that you just won't forget. Like you, you might forget the episode or, you know, whatever, 25, 30 minutes of it, but you won't forget maybe two or three things that we say yes. uh, off the back of it. Absolutely. And I can't believe there isn't anybody listening who doesn't know what a banana is, but we're going to be talking about that really popular fruit that you eat. Most people eat them like every day. You know, you can have them at breakfast, lunch or dinner. They, you know, a super healthy snack. You can use them, you know, in a variety of different dishes and uh, and ways to to eat them. Super healthy, aren't they? Full of potassium, fiber. They've got amino acids in them as well, apparently. They're, they're quite starchy, so they fill you up. They're, they're everywhere. Every, do you know, that I read somewhere they're like the fifth most grown commodity 
in in the world or something yes yeah or, or grown grown like product the the numbers that that we'll get into and in talking about bananas and their popularity is a little bit mind blowing but i'm pretty sure we'll have everyone listening who when you say banana you think of what banana is but it turns out and we'll get onto this a bit later there are quite a few different types which was a surprise to me but should we should we jump back we like to start with some of the history about whatever we're talking about don't we they go back a pretty long way as yeah, well yeah as as always a lot of stuff goes back a long way uh, the thing with bananas is like it's sort of like there's not a lot of evidence to work out where they actually started. It's thought they probably came about like 8,000 VC, so maybe yep. 10,000 years ago. And they're, they're possibly or probably the first known domesticated fruit. So the first thing that we as humans were, were growing to yep. consume. Yeah, yeah. Um, they've got them. The, the first fruit. They've got them down, you know, written in history from the 6th century BC, and they know that they're in the Egyptian hierographs. So, yeah, definitely been, a, been around for ages, probably the first cultivated fruit, and it's grown and grown from there. Yeah, do you know, it came about because they're, they're known as something called an intercropping plant. Do you know what that means? <laughs> this, is a, this is an interesting little story straight up front. Yeah, so like a long time ago, uh, when they used to grow coffee or cocoa or pepper in all the plantations, those things would not grow all year round and they wouldn't grow very well if it was directly sunny. So what they would do is they would grow banana trees because they were very easy to grow, required very little effort. They would grow the banana plants, sorry, not trees, the banana plants um, in between all of the cocoa or the pepper and they would act as shade for the plants. So the ones they were trying to grow, the cocoa or the coffee, could grow safely shaded by these banana plants. But they then realized that also the bananas themselves off of the banana plants were quite nutritious and they could use them to feed the workers. Yes. And then they realized that the banana plant could grow all year round. And because it required very, very little um, in the way of, of, of effort uh, and they could keep getting all the bananas off the plant, actually maybe it makes more sense to just grow the bananas than the coffee or the cocoa or the pepper. Yes. Uh, so it sort of it sort of grew off the back of that, like it was used for one thing before they realised actually what it could be used for. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it came about from yeah, growing other things in the first place, which yeah is interesting. And as we say, it's, they've they've just gone great guns from where once they figured this out. You know, Portuguese sailors they were you know quite involved in spreading it around the world. So they took it from. West Africa over to America in the 16th century, um, went all throughout Europe. And here's a little fact for you now, straight up saying it's gone today that around the world that there are more than 100 billion bananas. That's with a B, 100 billion bananas are eaten every year, as you were saying, making them the fourth or fifth most popular agricultural product that's out there. So, yeah, going great. Guys. That's not that's not 100 billion. Yeah, it's about 50 billion tonnes worth, which is an awful lot of bananas. Yes. Um, but, but so, so one of the first things I searched up after that, well, no, probably the first thing was, what's a plantain? Is that a banana? Because <laughs> I used to work in Sainsbury's, which is a supermarket in the UK. So did Ollie, in fact. Fruit and veg, there'd always be bananas. There would be this thing that sort of looked like a banana that you'd have to put out called a plantain. Yes. And I had no idea what a plantain was, but I knew it was sort of like a banana. 
So I've searched it up. Turns out there are many, many different bananas, aren't there, out there? Yeah. Like a thousand different types. Yeah. So, yeah, there is. There's like a thousand different varieties, all sorts of colors and sizes and shapes and firmness. And about half of them are edible that are out there. So you can only eat about half of the, the varieties that are out there. But like you were saying, with that plantain, when we used to put that out, I just thought it was a banana that had been picked a bit early and had just been put out on the shelf and just like tasted a bit different. <laughs> but so it's actually a different variety. Bananas, they can broadly be put into two categories. We've got something called a dessert banana, which is the sweet sort of banana that you can just eat raw which is what we eat generally. And you have like cooking bananas, similar to cooking apples, whereby you can't really eat them raw. They're quite bitter and not very tasty. But if you cook them, they get really nice. A plantain is essentially the most popular cooking banana. There are obviously loads of other cooking bananas, but the plantain is the one that that we, as a guess as a society, particularly in England, I guess, that, that we eat the most. And where I said at the beginning, talking about this topic, pretty sure everyone can picture a banana in their head and it's that yellow bendy fruit that we're talking about but there are so many different types the ones we're going to focus on today is the yellow bendy one which has a name of the cavendish it's the cavendish banana which we'll get on to but if we just have a little talk about some of the other ones that completely new to me i didn't realize like the red banana like as its name suggests it's a bit red and purpley which is pretty cool um, it's also got like pinky flesh inside and it's also got a slight raspberry flavor. I mean, that sounds amazing. I want to try me one of those. Like, where can I get one of those? Is it as amazing as the blue Java? Exactly. Which is blue. <laughs> it's a blue banana, but it's also known as the ice cream banana because it replicates the flavor of a vanilla ice cream almost perfectly. That is nuts. What? That sounds why is so that good. not a thing? <laughs> yeah, why aren't there more of those? Then another one is the Manzano. So this banana is sweeter than the Cavendish. The Cavendish is the one we all know, the long yellow bendy one. But it's got a hint of crunchy apple strawberry flavour. I mean, I need to get yeah. myself one of those. So I think Manzano in Spanish, if we've got any Spanish listeners, please correct me. I think Manzano means apple trees or, or something to do with, yeah. with apple. Um, so it being called a manzano banana implies it's apple flavor, which is, which is mental. And then there's even another one called the Paisang Raja. I don't know. This is just maybe another one that, that sounded pretty cool to me where super popular in Indonesia, it's got like a yellow orangey color, but it tastes like it's honey flavored custard <laughs> and it's got a smooth, creamy consistency. So yeah, what we'll do is we'll, we'll post up on our Instagram at two guys, one topic and our, just our socials, some of these pictures of these other bananas, but they sound incredible. And I think we need to get our hands on some of them. Yeah. But so we're going to focus today or now, aren't we on what is called the Cavendish banana. And the reason we're doing that is because this, here's a mind blowing fact, nine more than 99% of every banana that is exported and eaten around the world is a Cavendish banana, yeah, isn't it? It's the yeah. same one. Yeah. So I know that there are these other types and you could go somewhere and get them, but the massive majority will be this yellowy Cavendish banana that you can go and get from the shop around the corner from your house probably. And something important that you said there is about them being the same one. It is genetically 
all of these Cavendish bananas, whether you ate, ate one 60 years ago or you had one today, genetically, they will be identical. And there's, there's a good yeah, story yeah. behind why they're genetically identical. Yeah, this is yeah mind-blowing fact number two then. Yeah, they are, they're, they're the same, aren't they? So to grow a Cavendish banana, they, they're grown by taking, they take clippings or cuttings from the, from the tree. That's at, right. From the, from the plant to grow the next plant. What that means is they are all basically twins of each other. They're just clones. Every banana is a clone of the other one. So they're all the same banana. And it's really important to say that, so bananas are actually classed as berries and berries, the definition of a berry is that it has seeds in it. So when you look at your yellow Cavendish banana and you look in the middle of it, you'll you know see some black dots in the middle. They are banana seeds, but they're actually sterile. So you, there's no way that you could yeah. then take those seeds, put them in the ground and then grow a, an, another banana from them at all. That just wouldn't be possible. And so they've been the way that they've been cultivated over the years is that those seeds are sterile. They won't do anything. And so, as Liam said, you take a cutting from another banana plant and plant that and grow it from there. So that led to another question then. If all of the bananas we consume and that are exported, or the vast majority, are Cavendish, why are they all Cavendish and not the other ones? Because obviously there are thousands of other bananas. Why did the Cavendish become the one that we all eat? And the reason is because of the one before that, which was called the Gros Michel. Or Gros Michel. <laughs> I say gross because I'm not sure what it is. G-R-O-S, <laughs> yeah. Michel. You don't pronounce the S. I'm pretty sure it's French. It's Gros, Gros Michel. And so globally, before the Cavendish, same sort of numbers that Liam was saying there, 99% of what the world was eating previously was this Gros Michel banana, which um, compared to the Cavendish was a little bit sweeter, um, a little bit thicker in texture. If you were to eat it, it had a bit more to it. And then up until about the 1960s, I think it was, it was when they then all managed to die out all of a sudden. Yeah, they got that. There's one of the, it's called a monoculture. So a monoculture is where you're just growing basically the same thing, one variety of something. Now, the benefits of that are obviously that everything is the same always. You know what you're going to get, you know what color it's going to be, you know what size it's going to be, you know when it's going to grow. Or, you know, economically for a business, as far as a business goes, it's, it's good to do that, I guess. So they were growing this Gros Michelle all the time, but then it got struck down. The, the, the problem being, because they're all the same, if one of them got ill, they would all get ill. Yeah. And then what happened was one of them did get ill and then they all did get ill and they basically got wiped out, didn't they, by something called the Panama disease. Yeah, the Panama disease, as, as you were saying there, it was the undoing of the Gros Michel because of all of these bananas being identical. As soon as this fungus, this fungicide, just like realized that it could kill one of them or eat off one of these um, types of bananas, that it just ripped through the rest of them. And so before people figured out how to prevent the fungus, it was too late. And they'd managed to destroy pretty much the entire global supply of grow Michelles. You can still get, you know, in certain places they're being grown, but they've been pretty much wiped out. So then the banana companies 
and we'll talk about some of the economics, I think, in a minute, and, you know, countries in general, they needed a replacement to obviously replace all of their exports. And the Cavendish basically fit most of the, 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 most of the needs. Yeah. Didn't it? It, it, could, it could stay green for, for a long time, so it would work when it got shipped. It would, you could grow a lot of them. They look really good. They look, you know, they're a good looking banana. So they, uh, so basically it was also resistant to Panama disease. Which that was is, the biggest thing, wasn't it? That, that was the <laughs> I no idea that, that one. <laughs> yeah. So, so what they were able to do, they had all of these plantations already oh. set up to, to grow the Gros Michel banana. And then they realized if they put the, the Cavendish cutting in there, they would then grow and then they wouldn't die off. So like, happy days. We can just carry on with what we're doing um, and just switch everything over to the Cavendish. Yeah. And then, again, that's where we've gotten to. Um, you know, I did read some, I, I don't, I want to say scaremongering, but maybe it isn't, you know, like what happens if something else happens? Because yeah. if it happened then, it could happen yeah. again. Like if all the bananas we eat are all basically the same banana, could it happen again? And uh, I guess the answer is, well, yeah, I guess it could. I, um, yeah, exactly. I was reading about, just, I was reading about some of the, the scares that people have thought were coming along, um, you know, over the last 10 years or whatever, thinking the Cavendish would be wiped out. But we've advanced a lot in terms of like understanding funguses and being able to, you know, use pesticides or get rid of them better from the 1960s. Yeah. So yeah, you never know. This this episode might go down as a history one about these things called bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the takeaway there is that basically every banana you eat is genetically exactly the same as every other banana. They're basically clones of each other. That's nuts. And that is true about almost the entire world. Every banana you eat. Yeah. That's mental. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously bananas are a pretty big deal. Um, you can't grow them everywhere though, can you? They are a big deal in particular countries more so than others, I think, as far as exporting and things like that go. Yes, yeah, 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 big time. There's there's a particular niche in the world where they can be grown. Oh, and interesting to say, so this Cavendish banana, it was actually developed in England. So it, it didn't originate where you actually grow them nowadays. And do you have the name of the chap who invented them? Yeah, a guy called Jean Peugeot. <laughs> Or Jean Pujot. I, I don't know. And this is Jean this is in England. Pujot. In England in 1836, wasn't it? So this is where Yeah, he basically discovered discovered that his trees were producing like a really sweet tasting banana, different yeah. to the, the red or green ones. And uh yeah, basically went from there and, and like anything, just just I'm gonna keep this one and didn't he give it to somebody else to try and, and that's where the name was from or something? So yeah, weirdly then, so that they're called the Cavendish banana after William Cavendish, who was the sixth Duke of Devonshire. So yeah, Devonshire can be pretty warm. I wonder if that's how and why in a greenhouse down there that they managed to, to grow them in the first place. But that's where the name Cavendish comes from. So obviously that was grown in England, but bananas aren't typically grown in England, are they? They're a, they're a pretty big deal for lots of countries, but not many of them are, are that high, you know, as far as like the earth goes, they're not that far north, are they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a, a yeah, pretty niche um, belt, if you like, where where they grow. Yeah, they, they grow, it, it's said that they grow 30 degrees 
north and south of the equator, which is a strip around the middle of the earth, which is basically the top half of South America, most of Africa and Southeast Asia. Um, Cause they need to be, it needs to be about 27 degrees and they need to have a steady amount of rainfall and they need a, a certain amount of sunlight. So they ended up growing sort of in the tropical area of the, of the world, but they're a big deal for certain, you know, some countries Costa Rica, Ecuador, Panama, Belize, they are the, the those countries' biggest exports. Yeah. Um, similarly, Colombia, Guatemala, Honduras, they're their second biggest. So these are like, you know, the humble banana is a pretty big deal for a lot of these countries in this strip around the middle of the earth. Massively. And some of them in over going back over the last 50, 60 years, they've been caught out by this. They've been caught out that it's been such a reliance on their economy and this is where we get the phrase banana republic which was was pretty good not the shop banana republic <laughs> no 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 not not the shop banana republic but do you have a definition about what a banana republic is it's essentially a country that relies on a single product that it then exports to other countries yeah uh, so you know so you know I, I i've got a little strip of land and the only way i can make money is to export my Bananas, I guess. Yeah. So if people stopped buying them or the price of them were to change, my country and the economy would be bad, wouldn't it? Massively. And this this is what happened. So, you know, we're talking about the, the bananas like really taking off. It was around 1870 globally. But then by about 1904, there was um, in Honduras and some of the neighboring countries, they started to get exploited by this U.S corporation called the united fruit company and basically what happened was the united fruit company realized that americans loved this new sweet tasting fruit the banana and they thought we can export that and it was it was a lot cheaper to buy bananas in america than it was to buy apples and so it was like win-win for everybody it's like well there's just a nice tasty cheaper fruit for me to buy i'll buy those as americans and so United Fruit Company was selling them great guns in, in the US. Yeah. But then what happened was the United Fruit Company, they needed the infrastructure in these countries like Honduras and Guatemala and what have you to keep up with the production that they needed. So the United Fruit Company said, well, what we'll do is how about we build your railways for you so we can then ship them quicker from the yeah. plantation to the ports. And so the, the government there was like, well, we yeah, go ahead. Why not? Why don't you build our build our railways for you? So they then owned the railways. Then what happened was, off the offshoot of that, the United Fruit Company started saying, "Well, why don't we start using the railways for your postal service?" They're like, um, "Yeah, okay, you can run our postal service for us as well." And they were just buying up more and more land. This, yeah. this foreign company and was just had the government in control um, because if if they all of a sudden said, "Well, you know what? We're going to stop doing this." Your workers will stop earning money. We're going to stop shipping this. Then their economy would collapse. And so that's where this banana republic, exactly as you said, your economy then gets reliant on a single export by a foreign foreign ownership. So, yeah, pretty interesting. I'd, I'd heard the phrase, but I never really knew what banana republic was. Wow. Well, now we do. Now we know. A country reliant on just a single export. But in, know, I, in, I, in terms of, though... In terms of that from, from years ago, and they had to figure out the supply chain to get them to, to the US, they've had to keep on doing it now, haven't they? And they've got 
quicker and faster and better ways of making sure that they get to us while we can still eat them. Because surely everybody, everyone knows, bananas go off pretty quick, don't they? So they, they need to be pretty sharpish about getting them from plant to us to eat. Yeah, they essentially got to get them on a boat real fast, don't they? they? They pick them, get them straight on a boat. And essentially what they do is, you know, we've learned about shipping, so feel free to go and listen to our container shipping episode. They basically put them in refrigerated containers because what, what the refrigeration does, it stops. It doesn't stop, but it stalls the ripening process. Uh, so it can, they get to us, well, they get to Europe, for example, from South America in about 12 days. Then in order to make them they're, they're like green, in order to make them go yellow, they pump in something called ethylene, which is like, it stimulates the plant to it stimulates the hormones in the plant to start ripening so they do have lots of fruit it helps to ripen the fruit yep um and then they you know they turn into their lovely more yellowy color in time for the shops but essentially they're fridged over here which is interesting because it means for those who like bananas i i just find out do you put them in the fridge or not right i never put them in the fridge no i never put them in the fridge they go disgusting and i've been them when i've forgotten that there's a brown banana there now that i'm not gonna eat but (laughs) Turns out what you should do is you should put them in the fridge when they reach the ripe stage that you like. So when your banana goes to the point that you like it to be, put it in the fridge and it will stall the ripening again. It's not going to do it indefinitely, but it will slow it right down. So if you've got, you know, you've got those nice little brown spots on it because a banana gets sweeter as it ripens, you know, and and the skin gets thinner. That's right. But, you know, obviously everyone's got a preference to when they want to eat their banana. But But yeah, people put it in your fridge. People listening, they, they'll have experienced that where when you're trying to open one of those brown bananas, super mushy yeah. and goes everywhere and you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm actually going to eat this, but it's fine to eat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, brown, brown, um, brown bananas are fine. I read essentially that, that you've just got to like trust. If it still smells like a banana, <laughs> okay. then you can eat it basically. <laughs> Even if it's all brown and mushy, you yeah. can still eat it. Now, if you want to eat it, it's a different thing, you know, but you can cook with it, etc. But it, obviously, if it's seeping liquid or smelling a little bit, not like a banana anymore, <laughs> maybe don't eat it. <laughs> but yeah, brown bananas are fine. You know, my, kid, my kids won't eat one if it's brown or brute or, you know, got any brown on it. They yeah. won't eat it, but you know, it's going to do them no harm to eat it. Definitely. Um, absolutely. You can use the skin as well, can't you? you can, can't you cook with the skin? Stuff like that. You can do all sorts, it turns out, with the, the peel of a banana, which I had no idea about this. And it's it's brilliant for loads of things. So once you've eaten your banana, well, you can actually eat the peel as well. So there's no there's nothing yeah, okay. to say that you can't eat the peel. You could just bite it like you do an apple. You might get a few odd looks, but essentially you can do that. But um, no, what you can do is you can take the, the inside of a banana. You can, if you ever get bitten by a mosquito, apparently rubbing the banana peel on a mosquito means that it, a mosquito bite will mean that it will stop it from itching and getting inflamed. If you've ever got a burn, you can do the same. You can rub it on you. Apparently the potassium that's within the banana peel, if you were to rub the inside of a banana peel on your teeth for, um, for a couple of minutes before you brush your teeth, it will help your teeth go whiter. Um, nice. it's, all, it's apparently really good for hair conditioner. So I don't know if you want to rub, rub banana peel on the, on the top of your hair. <laughs> For good conditioning right. and to nope. nourish your hair, but there's all sorts of things apparently that bananas are good for. Well, I read though their skin. You know, talking about using the skin. Do you know? So we said earlier there's a hundred billion bananas sold. 
I read somewhere, and I might have watched a video, that about 30% of all bananas are wasted every year. Like, really? you know, I, I throw away. If I buy a bunch oh. of bananas, I probably do throw one away. Yeah, okay. I probably do. Yeah. I, I probably don't eat all of them, I don't reckon. But 30% of 100 billion, that's like 30 billion bananas every year. And I read or heard that the carbon footprint of those bananas rotting or landfilling or whatever it is they do is more than the entire airline industry. That is mad. Isn't that mental? Isn't that, that is... just a mental fact? There's, there's more, more carbon produced from rotting bananas every year than there is from all the planes that fly. That is, that is absolutely crazy. Yeah, definitely. One of the things that I know we both wondered when we were starting to look at this this week is why are bananas bent? And why yeah, are they the baby. shape? <laughs> why are they the shape that they are? And it's it's an actual reason. The the phenomenon. Um, it's called negative geotropism, which just rolls off the tongue. Like everyone knows what that is. Should we move right. on? Absolutely. Yeah, let's go straight forward. Geotropism is is a plant's like innate ability to know gravity and know which way the ground is. So a plant just, it's just, in, it's called geotropism, how a plant knows to grow down. You know, if you, the, the roots always like snake and then they start going down. If you put a plant on a table, it would eventually work out which way down was and it would yep. sort itself out. Yep. Negative geotropism is the exact opposite of that. It's the, it's the way a plant grows towards the sun because yes. it's basically growing against gravity. Yep. And a banana essentially does that, doesn't it? As its seed pops out, as it, as it starts to grow, as little bud pops out, it's, it's facing downwards. And instead of growing downwards, it turns itself up to the sun and then it turns into a bend, basically. So, yeah, exactly. It's like if, if people are listening now, this would be funny if someone else is on the tube next to you and starts doing the same thing. But if you, um, if you dangle your, your hand out with your fingers down, you would think maybe it'd make sense that bananas sort of grow pointing downwards. But actually, put your palm up and then bananas grow upwards. And it's like your fingers are like yes. facing like what, how they look right now. I'm doing it with my hand. So what happens is the seed, yes. the, like the banana comes out and it starts to go sideways. And like that's the gravity holding it. But then it starts to then want to point towards the sun. And that's why it then ends yes. up being bendy. It sort of goes out and then up like in a nice bend. So yeah, they, they actually grow yeah. like with your palm facing upwards and they, they grow in yeah. and they're actually called hands. So when you get a, a big bunch of banana, um, yeah, they grow in hands. Hold on. Cannot believe I've left it this late. Do you know why they're called bananas? <laughs> I, I read a couple of different reasons for this, but go on, you, you tell me, what did you find out? Oh, goodness. I can't believe it's been this long. It's because we've had a break, see? We should have started with why they call bananas. Sorry, well, listeners, if you've been, the etymology the edge of your seat. you've been on the edge of your seat to find this out. Because when they were first discovered, or apparently when they were first found, they looked like an adult's finger. And an old Arabian Arabic word for finger is banan. So they became known as bananas eventually. So the, the, the banan part of a banana is an old Arabic word for finger. Now, just so we're clear, I live it now in a place where Arabic is widely spoken. And yeah. I have asked some Arabic teachers at school whether that's true. They don't seem to think the word banan means finger. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, it, but I did read that it's an old Arabic word. And that, you know, when we're saying like it might be like 10,000 years old, yeah, yeah. Like we've got no idea where that word came. They might just not know that was ever a word for finger. 
Yeah. But apparently banana means finger. Yeah, I got, I got the same. I got the same thing as well. Nice, nice etymology. Nice little thing as well in terms of it's probably everybody eating bananas are opening them wrong as well. What? That, how do you open a banana? How do you open Wait, a banana? Hang on, hang on, hold on, hold on. Do you know the how you should eat a banana? No, how do you how do you open it? I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And do you know how you should open a banana? Yes. Are you about to tell me? Yes. Right. Give me two seconds to run and get a banana. I've got one on the side. Hold on a second. We'll, okay. we'll edit this so that it seems like this was seamless. Hold on. Okay, I'm back. I've got a banana in my hand. Okay. It's yellowy, got a few brown dots on it. If I'm honest, perfect to eat. Nice. Definitely a Cavendish. My preference. So go on, if you were to, if you were to yeah. open it, what would you do? How would you hold it? Right. I'd be holding it like this to the camera that no one can see because they're listening. You take the stalky bit at the, at the top and you peel it back on itself. Exactly. That's what that's everyone else would do. But it turns out that's not the best way to do it. What you shouldn't do, you should turn it upside down. Okay. Don't open it turn by it the big... Down dorky bit and open it by that black bit at the bottom the, the short little stumpy bit so you sort of squeeze that squeeze that together open it and that's how monkeys open them as well and what should also happen a little tip is you shouldn't get any of those stringy bits which is the apparently the, the big winner well i mean it's opened i haven't got any stringy bits but it seemed like a bit more hard work than pulling back that other bit <laughs> really? Don't you sometimes when you pull that big top bit, it like crunches and squeezes and you end up with a bit of a, a mush at the top? I've now got to record it while I'm eating a banana. <laughs> That's a new problem. I think what you should also do is you should eat some of the skin for us and just tell us what does the skin taste like? <laughs> we did say that is you're allowed to, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not planned. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'll give it a go. Hang on. Delicious, right? No. Yeah, it doesn't taste that bad. It tastes like the <laughs> banana, I think. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's a little bit bitter. It's not that bad, though. So from I can see why you'd eat it. Now on, just eat, eat it like an apple. Don't even bother peeling it. <laughs> I can see why you'd eat it. I don't think it's that bad. You know, it's... if you were starving and you didn't want to waste it. Yeah. Oh. Nice. So I reckon that anyway. probably pretty much gets us to where we need to get to in terms of the most interesting information about a banana. Do you have a two guys, one topic takeaway for people? Yes, I do. Here it is. We said about 100 billion bananas are consumed every year. I then said that's about 50 billion tons of banana. Right. So then I was like, well, how much banana is that? Because nobody knows 50 billion tons. You've got no idea what that is. Who can possibly work? So I started Googling, what is the heaviest thing on the planet? What is the heaviest <laughs> thing we've built as humans? Okay. And how heavy is it? Well, it turns out 50 billion tons is almost exactly the same weight as the Great Wall of China, which is the heaviest thing on the planet. <laughs> so is- every, every single year, every year, humans consume as many bananas as the Great Wall of China, which is massive. You know, think how big that is, obviously. Yes. Um, 
And if you want a different one, about nine times as many as the pyramid, the, the biggest pyramid in Giza. The biggest pyramid, <laughs> it's about nine times heavier than that. <laughs> I like it. Nice. <laughs> you want to know my two guys one topic takeaway? Hit me. So cast your mind back a week ago before we started researching this topic. And that's what I need you to do. And we've sort, we've sort of gone into it a couple of times today. But when I read this, it blew my mind. So Liam, if I'd asked you a week ago, what do bananas grow on? What would you have told me? Trees. A banana tree, right? thousand percent. And then they hang down like coconuts. Definitely. And I guarantee everybody listening thinks the same thing. And if they say not, they are absolutely lying <laughs> to your face. Everybody on the planet thinks they grow like coconuts. So this blew my mind and we've said it a couple of times. You would have heard when we were talking about the banana plant and there's a reason. And that's because bananas don't grow on trees. They actually officially grow on a herb. And that herb is the largest herb in the world, unsurprisingly. Um, and so, yeah, it's when you think about it, it's not actually got a trunk. So it's got a pseudo trunk. It's got like a fake trunk. And that's just where these banana leaves just like grow and grow and get harder and harder. So it sort of gives the mm -hmm. appearance that it's a tree. I mean, they can grow up to like 25 feet high. So we're talking like seven meters high or something, these fake mm -hmm. trunks. Mm -hmm. But it's actually a herb with berries off the end of it. And it's the biggest herb plant in the world. Mind blown. Best fact, fact I think I've learned in a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. So everybody listening that thinks they grow like coconuts, like I did, they do not. Yeah. And it's not a yeah. banana tree. It's a banana herb plant. Mental. Yeah. 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 You'd have heard us try and correct ourselves a couple of times because we probably did say, we might have said tree accidentally, but we were trying to fix it, weren't we? Because we knew we'd say <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> nice. So in like little wrap up, if somebody said to you, Liam, we hold a little conversation about bananas. Do you know anything about bananas? Nah. Do you think you could have a little conversation now? Firstly, they were used as an intercropping plant because they acted as shade for cocoa and coffee. Secondly, every everyone we eat is a Cavendish and they are all clones of each other. 100%. And yeah. you eat as many bananas as the Great Wall of China weighs. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, they um, the Grey Michelle's got wiped out by a disease. Cavendish ones pop along and there's not actually any tree trunk it's a herbaceous <laughs> mental yeah really what, good really really good yeah what a cool what a, what a cool uh, what a cool topic what a fun episode to come back to we hope people have enjoyed the start of series six as much as we have researching about it and learning about it yeah we've had we've had so many comments we should have said at the start maybe from people saying when are we coming back what you know just when series six starting i need my i need my tuesday fix so um, if you don't already, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Two Guys One Topic. We love to uh, chat with our listeners, don't we? Um, we love to listen to suggestions. Sometimes we will do episode suggestions, even not uh, not our listener choice episode, won't we? So that will happen probably this series. But thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, get out there and share some banana knowledge.